I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. The puck's loose in the slot. Can the Canes get to it? Still comes loose. Trocek asking for a hand pass. It's not given. Natchez has it. He's playing on. The Bruins stop. Now to Hamilton. He scores! Marty Natchez kept playing. And Dougie Hamilton finished. And the Canes take a 3-2 lead. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast. Adam Gold. Douglas Jonathan Hamilton Jr. Dougie Hamilton. 8.30 into the third period, and that was the end of the scoring. Wow, what a night. I am Adam Gold. This is the Morning After Podcast, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina Siding, windows, roofing, gutter helmets, entry doors, everything. Uh, AluminumCompany.com. Uh, three to two final, one one in the series, 33 saves for James Reimer. After Dougie Hamilton scored the goal, uh, you thought, man, okay, Carolina, get one more. There were some moments. They drew a penalty. But the worst power play in the history of hockey ensued. It really looked like Boston was on the power play. It did. No kidding. I thought the Hurricanes did a great job of killing off their own power play because they had to have some desperate moments to do that. James Reimer had to freeze the puck and accept the defensive zone faceoff when Carolina was on the power play. James Reimer was outstanding tonight. Um, there weren't tons of great saves he had to make. I really thought Carolina's team game was exceptional this evening. There were moments, most of those moments were early and then on that power play. Uh, but for the most part, I thought Carolina really, really good tonight. Andre Svechnikov had a goal and an assist. Martin Natchez, two assists. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Uh, Tavo Teravainen scored his second goal of the postseason. Sebastian Ajo had an assist, uh, and he has now registered points in all five games of the postseason. Uh, tonight's effort by Carolina, their performance, drastically different than yesterday's opening game. Drastically different. This was a much more determined team that we saw tonight. A team that looked like they had a little bit of speed back in their game. First period, not great. It was better than the first period of game one. First period was not great. Boston scored the first goal. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but the one thing I did like from Carolina is that in the second period, they were determined to get inside Boston's defense. And I talked about this with Alec Campbell, who, by the way, will join us in a little bit here on the Canes Corner Podcast, the morning after edition. We'll also hear from Vincent Trocek, who I talked to just after the game. Um, but Carolina made a concerted effort to get inside Boston's defense, to get behind Boston's defense. And for the most part, 
the second and third periods belong to, well, at least the first 10 minutes of the third period belong to Carolina. For the most part, Carolina, better team. And guess what? When you're the better team, it doesn't matter if the referees suck. And they were bad again tonight. This is two games in a row where Carolina has got really the short end of the officiating stick. Tonight, somehow, worse than game one. A goal that probably should have been, al- uh, should have been allowed, waved off, uh, actually confirmed. Uh, Charlie McAvoy got away with two early penalties. He ripped Jordan Stahl's helmet off in the first period, and before Andrei Svechnikov... Uh, was sent off for roughing McAvoy. McAvoy delivered uh, like a, an elbow to the face of Svechnikov, which was not called. Uh, there were some curious non-calls tonight, the uh, the interference call in Tavo Teravine, and we'll get to as well. Uh, so when you're the better team, it doesn't matter. And this is my point always. Overcome the officials. You sometimes have to do that. Now, the Hurricanes didn't play well enough to do that in Game 1. They played well enough to do it in Game 2. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Referees will always impact games. Games are called differently. Things are let go here where they shouldn't have been. They, uh, they're they called there when they shouldn't have been. You just got to deal with it. And I thought Carolina dealt with it very, very well tonight. Uh, by the way, Back to the determined effort. I do not think it a coincidence that a certain Mr. Justin Williams drew back into the lineup after missing game one. I do not. I said it after game one that they missed his competitive nature because he does not allow that stuff to happen. And uh, I'll... I would be surprised if there weren't whispers from 14 to the rest of the group, maybe even the captain, Jordan Stahl, to the rest of the group. Hey, guys, let's not let them push us around. And I thought it was a much more physical second period. Uh, at least the notable hits went the way of Carolina, I thought. Uh, and Andre Svechnikov was excellent tonight, was my first star of the game. All right, let's get to, uh, let's get to some of the highlights here. Uh, apparently, in this series, first goal loses. Game one, it was uh, Joel Edmondson who scored first for Carolina, and they go on to lose. Tonight, it was David Krejci on the power play for Boston with about four and a half left. Uh, Brock McGinn lost the stick. Jordan Stahl gave him his. Then Stahl was left alone at the uh, in between the rings. Uh, trying to pressure Krejci. Krejci made a couple of really nice moves, got free, and then beat James Reimer far side. Uh, and it was one nothing Boston. That's how the period ended. Uh, by the way, Boston 2-for-2 two two on the power play today after going 0-for-4 in Game 1. Carolina not good enough in the first period, and it showed. Uh, although, I didn't think Boston was good either. Uh, I kind of call that period a draw. Carolina was better than they were in game one, but not good enough and not determined enough to get inside Boston's defense. Uh, I think they outshot Boston 7-6, but it was not necessarily, um, you know, earth shattering. But in the second period, 
Uh, and it was late in the second period, but you could see the game starting to change. Natchez's speed, noticeable. He's also playing a little bit more physical, uh, which I think is helping his overall game. Then Svechnikov uh, delivered the shot to McAvoy, and maybe that was in a way retaliation for McAvoy getting away with the elbow to Svechnikov's chin. Uh, but Svechnikov and Zdeno Chara uh, went off for coincidental uh, roughing uh, matching roughing penalties at 6.57. And I didn't think Chara did a whole lot uh, other than maybe lecture <laughs> Svechnikov uh, to not hit uh, McAvoy when you can see both numbers on the back. Uh, but I don't think Svechnikov really cared what's, uh, what Chara had to say. But they went to the box, and that was that. Uh, but I thought the game kind of changed. And at four on four, the game started to open up a little bit, and I thought Carolina's skating became more evident. And then... Uh, with about three and a half minutes left in the second period, uh, the Hurricanes started to figure it out. Aho waves at it. Keynes keep it in. Spechnikov spins to Teravainen. Cross ice. Teravainen. And the slice scores! Tavo Teravainen wrists it home, and we're tied at one. It was a power play goal. Chris Wagner was in the box for elbowing, and that's the big three. Uh, and Williams providing the net front, really taking the eyes away from Tuka Rask there. Uh, gave Teravine in the upper uh, you know, blocker side corner, and it was a snipe, and it's 1-1. Okay, we take a breath. Wait, don't breathe too much because 128 later, Marty Natchez spotted Svechnikov in the slot and dropped a dime. Calmly picks up the puck. He comes away and sends it in. He's been good, Van Riemsdyk. Looks like so far that pre-shoulder surgery. Now Van Riemsdyk gets the point for the far board. Svechnikov in the slot. He scores! Andre Svechnikov! Point to the passer! And the Canes take a 2-1 lead! Yeah, that passer was Martin Natchez from the wall right across to the slot to Svechnikov, who who cradled it and uh, just whipped it right past Tuka Rask uh, near side, and it was 2-1 Carolina. I cannot tell you how good a pass that was. Natchez right through traffic, but a beautiful, hard bullet pass that Svechnikov gathered and put it away. Uh, so it's 2-1, and Carolina's in great shape, playing well. And then, mysteriously, out of nowhere, Tori Krug skates backwards, trips over Tavo Teravainen, and because, I don't know, referees, uh, Frederick Loyer, whatever his name is, Le Coulet, uh, whatever, uh, King Julian, uh, Turbo is in the box for interference. Again, bad call. 3.8 seconds left. Brad Marchand deposits a puck that was sitting at the side of the net. And it's 2-2. 3.8 seconds left in the second period. You heard uh, in that last play-by-play call where Trip Tracy is talking about uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk being pre-shoulder surgery Van Riemsdyk. I actually thought Trevor was, for the most part, good tonight. But on that particular play, you can't be standing in front of the crease when Brad Marchand is to the side of the goal and allow Marshawn to pick up a loose puck and put it in like that. You can't do that. You have to put your body on Brad Marshawn. Uh, and that is something that Trevor Van Riemsdyk, I'm sure, understands. And I'm sure if he doesn't, it will be pointed out to him. Uh, because 
even though that was a bad penalty, the goal was really avoidable. I know it's a power play goal, but the goal was avoidable. Uh, so there we go into the third period, 2-2. But as I pointed out, Carolina was the better team in the second period, significantly the better team in the second period. Don't dwell on bad calls and bad breaks or whatever. Just go back out on the ice and do your thing. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, And after the first maybe minute, maybe 90 seconds, where Boston had a couple of really good chances, uh, Carolina applied the pressure, and it paid off. The puck's loose in the slot. Can the Canes get to it? Still comes loose. Trocek asking for a hand pass. He's not given. Natchez has it. He's playing on. The Bruins stop. Now to Hamilton. He scores! Marty Natchez kept playing, and Dougie Hamilton finished, and the Canes take a 3-2 lead. Absolutely tremendous from Natchez to Hamilton. That look, that did really look like vintage Dougie Hamilton. That was the best of Dougie this year, uh, coming in from the point in tight. Uh, and Tuka Rask had absolutely no chance on that one. I know it felt good. I'm sure it felt great for Dougie Hamilton. I'm sure he doesn't really give a damn about it being Boston, but Dougie was having one of those special seasons, and the injury in January in Columbus robbed him of that, robbed him of an all-star appearance, and that, his second game back, after being good in the first period, but not so good in the second and thirds uh, in game one, I'm sure that felt amazing. But we weren't done. The Hurricanes had the worst power play in the history of Earth, and then we had this flurry at the very end. Right on, Reimer with a save. Rebound is out there. They battle in front. Reimer's out of the crease right now. He dives back in. Three seconds left. Two seconds left. And the puck is behind the Kings net. And the clock expires and the Kings hang on to win it. Carolina takes game number two. A mad scramble at the side of the net. And Rod Brindamore's troops take game number two with a 3-2 win over the Boston Bruins. Well-earned, deserved win, an absolute deserved win. My three stars, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, uh, and we have a discrepancy between me and my son, who likes to do three stars also, uh, but we only had one discrepancy. My third star was Martin Natchez. I thought Martin was outstanding tonight, really do. Uh, Second star was Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Again, Hamilton was really, really good tonight, Uh, but I'm giving the the first star to Andrei Svechnikov. I think the physical play really got a Carolina in it, but also Andrei Svechnikov. And this team is a different team with a difference making 37 on the ice. Top line was good. Uh, I think the top line can be better, but the top line was certainly good tonight. Uh, it was not, uh, it was not, you know, good like it was against the Rangers. Good, but it was good tonight. Uh, by the way, subtle move where uh, Brenda Moore takes Svechnikov off that top line, maybe to split split up, you know, kind of divide the wealth, if you will. Uh, but uh, I thought Jordan Martinuk was very good playing with Aho and Taravainen, and I realized that Brenda Moore will have last change, so he can set the matchups in games three and four. But I didn't hate Jordan Martinuk playing with Sebastian Ajo and Tevo Taravainen. I think Martinuk has the energy uh, and the forechecking ability to play up in the lineup when he wants to, uh, when they need him. I don't think you do it for a long period of time, uh, but 
I think Martineau can be effective in short bursts on that line. The line of Trocek, Natchez, and Svechnikov was outstanding. Absolutely great tonight. They created the last goal, but they were very noticeable just about every time they were on the ice. Um, and I, frankly, I think they were the best line uh, in the in the first period, which was not a great period for Carolina, but I thought they did some good things there too. Uh, so it was really nice to see that line play well. Trocek didn't get on the score sheet, but it was a plus two. Natchez and Svechnikov each had two points. Morgan Geeky continues to make, he didn't play a ton tonight, but he continues to make very, very subtle, smart plays. He ended up playing almost uh, 12 minutes. Uh, but he just, just does a lot of subtle, smart things that they help you win. They avoid trouble. And Morgan Geeky is essentially being asked, just just make the right play. And if there's one thing that this kid knows how to do is make the right play. Slavin and Hamilton, I thought, were great. Obviously, Hamilton had the goal. I thought Jacob Slavin uh, made up for what was not a great game one with a typical Jacob Slavin do-it-all type of game two. And um, I thought Hayden Fleury was super tonight. That was my uh, my son's third star was Flurry. I thought Flurry was super tonight, absolutely super, and uh, he didn't play a ton. It's just sixteen ten, uh, which I think puts him in at as if I could uh, see it here. Yes, uh, puts him as fourth among uh, defensemen in ice time. Um, but I think Flurry was great. I thought he was great on sticks. I thought he was physical. Uh, and I don't foresee Hayden Flurry coming out of the lineup unless his game goes south. I think he has earned the spot. Uh, if Sammy Votnin can stay in the lineup, uh, I think he will stay in. Jake Gardner will stay out. Uh, I could see maybe Gardner coming back in for Van Riemsdyk, but I thought Trevor was okay tonight. I didn't think I didn't have any problems with Trevor Van Riemsdyk. He did not play a ton. He played just 1255. He and Flurry were a pair, but I thought Flurry was really, really good uh, tonight. We're going to hear from Alec Campbell a little bit. We'll talk more about the officiating uh, with Alec Campbell, uh, and we'll also get his take on who he liked, who he didn't like, and whether or not you go back to James Reimer. Saturday at noon in game three. Spoiler alert. I don't. I'm not saying that. I, I don't think Rod can make a bad choice right now. I think both guys are playing well. Uh, and I think they'll go back to Morazic uh, in game three. You know how you know how Morazic likes to play at home anyway. All right. So uh, not on the score sheet, but very much involved in what turned out to be the go-ahead goal, Vincent Trocek. You guys had a lot to put behind you, I thought, in this game. Game one wasn't what you guys wanted to put on the ice, and it looked like you guys might have gotten the short end of the stick from the third team on the ice a little bit. So how did you guys kind of pull together and do this? Well, I mean, playoffs are a different game. You know, it's a seven-game series. You can't really dwell on the past. Um, you lose one game, you got six more. You got to win four out of the seven, so... Uh, it was just a matter of us putting that one behind us and making sure we played our game and we didn't play our game last game. So um, we knew we had to come out strong enough. 
Even the first period, I thought you guys were better, but Boston makes it so tough to get to the middle of the ice. But it looked like from the second period on, you guys did get to the middle of the ice, even got behind their defense some. Uh, was there any change made? How'd you guys do that? <clears throat> no change systematically. It was just us kind of realizing we needed to turn it up a notch. We needed to be um, our best team in order to beat this team. So uh, we definitely turned it on in the second and third and started getting more chances and started playing more our style, style of hockey. And um, we started getting our confidence back. Uh, what did the Svechnikov hit on McAvoy? I know he went to the bent, he went to the penalty box for it, but did that kind of give you guys a charge, much like Brady Shea in the first game against the Rangers with an early hit gave the, gave you a charge then? Uh, I didn't even see Svechy's hit on on McAvoy. I mean, um, I just saw the scrum in the corner, but it's a physical game, and, and Svechy's not shy, not going to shy away from any of that. He's a tough, strong kid he's uh always in the middle of the battle so it's awesome to see that whenever one of your youngest best players is out there doing that kind of thing so uh that's obviously a good spark on the team and you got a chance to play with him today you had the two young guys uh i called them the babies uh on your flanks and you guys created that go-ahead goal for dougie hamilton walk me through that yeah it was just uh, like you're talking about that second and third period we started turning up a bit we started to get it behind their deep uh, and it was pretty much that simple. We got it in, into their end. We started working the forecheck, uh, working the cycle, and, and it was just a grind shift. We, we tried to wear them down a little bit, and um, finally got the puck to get the point. He wired a shot home. Uh, and James Reimer comes up very big, especially late when there was a flurry around the net. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Uh, every game he's played, he's played outstanding. Um, he's proven this whole time that he that he can – be extremely good and help us out and help us win games. He did that uh, against New York, and he did it again tonight. I want to ask you about Martin Natchez, who uh, you I mean you haven't played a ton with. You've played with while you, while uh, you know since you've been here, but uh, he seems like he's just playing a little bit more physically. Uh, what have you seen from him these two games? Because I thought he was good in game one too. Yeah, he's <clears throat> he's realizing playoff hockey is a little bit different, I think, and uh, a little bit more physical, and he's rising to the challenge. He's, uh, a very skilled young kid and he um he wants to win as, as everybody in this locker room does i think that's one of the things that uh don and roddy do did to, to put this team together they made sure they had guys that, that really wanted to win and hated to lose and marty's no exception to that he he works his butt off every night and um he's gonna be a great player for a long time is everybody chipping in to uh to pay rods fine after game one i think i think that was taken care of by the team actually <laughs> Uh, we were all worried that he was going to have to bring a $25,000 check to this one, too. Uh, Vincent Trocek, thank you so much. Congratulations, and we'll see you in about uh, 36 hours. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Vincent Trocek for giving us some time uh, after a Hurricanes exciting 3-2 win. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath on the Hurricanes radio network. Reminder that the... Morning After Podcast is brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at thealuminumcompany.com. So uh, check them out. Uh, real quick break. Back on the other side with Alec Campbell. Canes beat the Bruins 3-2. And we return with Alec Campbell, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath on the Hurricanes Radio Network. My friend, you can reach him. On Twitter, always, at Alec Campbell 5 We're going to get to a conversation you had on Twitter following the game about being in the bubble uh, and not being at home and having last change. We're going to do that. 
uh, in uh, in a second. Uh, but somehow, the Hurricanes, by being the better team tonight, managed to overcome the officiating. <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it? When you're the better team and you play the better hockey and you do the scoring better, <laughs> then you win hockey games, right? That's and amazing. That's just... <laughs> That's the stuff that matters, right? <laughs> we spend so much time. I mean, listen, I I am somewhat here for the notion or the idea that moments in games change the trajectory of games, change the uh, direction of games sometimes. And for that, I can, I can sort of understand because refs are a part of the game. Sure. They can take goals away. Um, they can award goals when they're not supposed to be awarded and those things matter. So I, I, I don't completely dismiss it out of hand. Um, but at the end of the day, most of the time when you get to the end of the game, there's usually a team who was clearly better at the hockey (laughs) and we spend so much time talking about things that we can't quantify things that are that are intangible nebulous things that we do a disservice to the actual skill and talent and plays and strategy and time that these players and coaches put into trying to win the game yeah. and to me that's the way that I view it um, and you know I view it the same way with last change and home arenas and home ice advantage and fans and all that stuff like like and and i know that's that's me being a very black and white cut and dry dude but that's the way that i look at things yeah look there um carolina was the better team tonight therefore they won the game because i do believe that in most cases when there's not like weird bounces of pucks and we really haven't seen any of those in this series the team that gets the breaks has probably earned their breaks uh, but, and what did we talk about after the first period? Carolina has to be able to get inside Boston's defense. From the, yeah. second, from the second period on... And uh, you, you talked about them needing a greasy goal, and you got to have, have grease to get inside Boston's <laughs> defense. And what did you want to say? <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. You know, no, that's not what you wanted to say. It's the podcast you can say it, Alec. <laughs> I wanted to say you have to have a lot of lube exactly. to get inside Boston's defense. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and they became much more slippery from the second period on. They just, yes. I mean, I'm not saying they lived inside Boston's defense, but they spent a fair amount of time there. Uh, right. the, uh, the, they get the power play goal um, with, uh, so I'm trying to think who the, uh, who the I guess it was um, Wagner was in the box for elbowing. They get the power play goal, uh, which... Justin Williams in front of Tuka Rask takes his eyes away. Uh, then a minute 28 later, Svechnikov is in the slot. Natchez with a great pass across to, to Svech, who cradled it and uh, beat, I think, Rask far side. Uh, and then that in the third period, that group, obviously we had the goal not allowed, but where were they? They were all over the top of the crease. Uh, and then in the, uh, the the Trocheck line, which was dynamite tonight, uh, they create the chance for Hamilton. They lived inside. Well, they didn't live, but they spent yeah. a fair amount of time inside Boston's defense. It's amazing how it works better. 
Yeah. And I, I, I feel like the theme of the night really was about overcoming things and whether that's the officiating, whether that's giving up two power play goals uh, to Boston, typically that's not going to be a recipe for success. Whether that's giving up a, a late period goal in the second um, with yeah. five seconds to go after you've taken a lead. Um, and also just that, you know, these aren't the types of matches that the matchups that I feel like favor the Hurricanes in terms of the way Boston plays. So they have to overcome that as well. I mean, Carolina over the course of the season was a team that is a high shot volume team. I mean, they're, they're like a, they're like a salesman, you know, they, they figure <laughs> they're going to, they're going to make so many attempts at it that eventually the odds will be in their favor and they'll score goals. They're not necessarily known relative to the number of shots that they take to be a great finishing team. Their finishing numbers aren't that great. And so now what you're asking them to do is look for quality over quantity and finish the opportunities that they get. You know, you can't just fling pucks against Boston. So much stuff doesn't get through. They do such a good job clogging up the middle of the ice that you can't get to the quote-unquote hard areas like John Forsen likes to say, and you can't get pucks through to the goaltender to try to get second and third opportunities on rebounds. So that means that you have to be patient, you have to wait, and when you do get the opportunity, you got to capitalize on it. And that's not necessarily the way the Hurricanes play hockey right now or what was their DNA or what is their DNA under Rod Brindamore the last couple of seasons. We've seen way more games where it's been pond hockey, 4-3, 5-4, 6-5 type games. We don't see many Hurricane games right now, this era of the team, that are grinded out. 3-2, 2-1, 1-0 wins. Um, And so the matchup doesn't necessarily favor the Hurricanes, but they stayed patient towards the end of the second period, the the last half of the second period. They had tons of zone time. They were cycling pucks, and they were waiting for opportunities. And you saw Tavo Teravainen snipes one. Martin Natchez finds uh, Andrei Sveshnikov, and he buries it. You know, third period, uh, Dougie Hamilton, just an absolute just – (laughs) <laughs> cannon that was amazing may, may have decapitated Tuka Rask if he was in the way of it but he buried the chance that he got and that's you know that's overcoming you know a style of play that doesn't necessarily suit you all the time so it was really a solid effort from the Hurricanes tonight on a lot of fronts but Man, it wasn't easy, but they, they, they came away with a big win. That's uh, that's that's good on them for all that. Uh, and I really want to credit uh, Carolina's penalty kill for killing off their own power play. Yes. Uh, I, I, I have no idea what I saw, but uh, it, it really did look like Boston was on the power play. Carolina couldn't get to the puck. It took a lot of desperation to kill that one uh, that one off. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get let's talk about James Reimer. Because uh, there's a couple of things I want to get to before uh, before we wrap up. Uh, James Reimer was... I didn't think he had to be outstanding tonight. I thought Carolina's team game defensively, uh, even yeah. though there were some squirrely moments, uh, there weren't a lot of incredible chances. Clearly, there were some good ones. Uh, and there were some that Boston missed the net on, and they'll probably rue that. 
Uh, but Reimer was very good tonight. He has now made 73, uh, 70 saves on 73 shots in two starts. So I'll start from the back end. Do you go back to him in game three at noon on Saturday? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like my gut says he's going to go back to Peter Morozik. Only because it feels like the only reason Reimer played this game was because they were thrust into a sudden back-to-back scenario and then ended up heading into a second overtime period and Peter, you know, got a fair amount of work in. So I kind of figured Peter would probably get the start today if that weren't the case. So I'm going to say they go back to Peter on Saturday, although – I mean, right now, the way that they're both playing, I don't really have a preference, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. I mean, Reimer's been pretty good. And I, I actually thought that I, – I agree with you on the uh, on the team defensive effort. I mean, I thought the first period was pretty boring, to yeah. be honest with you. And mostly just because neither team was really giving much to the other. It, you know, I thought they were both pretty stingy. Uh, and And so, you know – that's helpful to, to goaltenders. I mean, you, you, you say it all the time. It's more about those guys than it is about the goaltender. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I don't have much of a preference. I, I just have a feeling he'll probably go back to Morozik yeah. just because he's, I guess, if you were if you were labeling them 1A, 1B, Morozik's the 1A guy. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I are on the same page. I think he goes back to Morozik. I mean, Reimer... Uh, Reimer was outstanding tonight. Uh, he has played two of the five games. I believe Morazic will get game three. Uh, if he plays well, I mean, I could reasonably say that Morazic will probably get game four. This is something Rod told me at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the playoffs. You know, Pete's our guy. You know, he was our guy going yeah. in, and Reimer right. is more of a backup probably than McElhinney was. But remember, they rode Morazic in the first round of the playoffs last year until he got hurt in Long Island, and that's when Curtis McElhinney got the crease back. Uh, but, yeah, I think they'll go back to Morazic. But, again, I think you're right. I don't think they can make a bad choice at this point. And it is uh, about the 18 guys in front. Now, let's get to some of those 18 guys in front. Unlike Game 1, where the list of players who played well was much shorter than the list of players who didn't, uh, they had a lot of guys who played very well tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the Trocheck line was spectacular tonight. I yeah. think it was their best line. Uh, but I liked Martinook with Aho and Taravainen. Uh So I'm just curious, how did you see the forward group tonight? Well, I, I do think that the second line actually makes a ton of sense, if you think about it. I mean, I feel like Spechnikov needs to have an elite passer on his line to be successful. And Tara Vinan's that guy when he plays with those two guys. But Marty Natchez is a great passer. <laughs> that was so and, <laughs> I mean, he made two great passes tonight. And Trocek is a grinder. I mean, he's he can open up the ice for those guys. He's a, he's a, he's a feisty little guy. And so I actually kind of like the balance on that line a lot. Um, and I thought it was a pretty smart move by Rod to, to, you know, without last change, which again, I think matters because matchups sure, matter. It matters a lot. That, uh, I thought it was smart that you, you, you have, you make Bruce Cassidy, you make them 
have to think about who they're throwing out there a little bit more. It's, it's maybe a little too easy for them to match up when you've got Svechnikov, Theravine, and Anaho all on the same line. Um, so I like that. Um, you know, Martinuk playing up with those two guys, I mean, kind of the same deal where you got two really skilled guys and one guy is going to, you know, clear everything out for them. So I'm cool with that. I, I was really cool with just about the way they rolled out everything tonight. I didn't think that Dezingle was as noticeable as he has been in the past, um, but I'm not sure he played his way out of the lineup. Uh, so I'm cool with him staying in there. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately I liked what Rod did to try to change a couple of things up uh, after, you know, not really generating a ton in game one. Yeah, I was listening to uh, to Tripp, and Tripp says that the, re- the what he liked about separating Svechnikov from Aho and Teravainen uh, was that it it essentially gave uh, Svechnikov, it got him away from, uh, I guess, from Boston's top line. Um, yeah. But, look, I, I don't know. I think I mean, I, you could also look at it as a demotion if you want because Svech wasn't good in game one. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, I mean, I don't think any of them were good, but he was worse than, than those other guys. Uh, but I do like that, you know, Rod didn't want to put Svechnikov and Natchez on the same line because he was afraid that they would be a liability defensively. But Trocek's very good defensively, and so is Svechnikov. And I thought Natchez yeah. was noticeable with his speed all night long. I, I mean, to me, Natchez was one of their three best players tonight. Uh, yeah. So I mean, and I think I, I think Natchez is generally pretty good defensively. You I know, think he's getting it. He's 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 he ha- he hasn't always been, but I feel like he's grown into it a little bit more. Um, and and what, you know, what he's did, the. What did Vincent say? He said Vincent thinks that uh, he's kind of uh, he's kind of jazzed by playoff hockey. The thing I like about Natchez is that I feel like he's super coachable. Like I feel like he he wants to do the things that, that Rob, you know, tells him to do. Like, I feel like he's, right. you know, he, he doesn't have, I mean, he's a fairly high pick. What was he, a second rounder? No, uh, Nature's first round pick, mid first round, like 13th, 14th in the draft. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was, he was up there a little more. I don't know. He just seems like a, a down to earth guy. Maybe having sent him back to the minors all those times made him realize that, Hey mate, maybe there's a lot for me to learn here. And I feel like he's taken to that pretty well, and he's gotten better defensively. So I'm cool with uh, I'm yeah. cool with those three playing together. Mike Mike Valucci, Mike Valucci, they broke him down and they built him back up uh, last year yeah. winning a Calder Cup. What'd you think? Look, Slavin was great tonight. He was not great in game one. I thought he was great tonight. Dougie was obviously dynamic offensively. I don't know why he iced the puck with 15 seconds left. Why he no. skated a little bit more, even skate back. Uh, yeah, if you want to skate back and eat. Another four or five seconds and then get rid of the puck, that's fine. But he had room, uh, and he just iced the puck. Uh, what would you think of Hayden Fleury tonight? Oh, I liked Hayden Fleury. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still it's, – it's, like, it's almost like, you know, something has clicked in his mind in terms of being more physical. Like, that was the one thing he even admitted to himself. And I remember you and I having these conversations in the offseason about, man, if Hayden, you know, would just find a – like a nasty side to himself. He could be really good. And now it's like, he's enjoying it, you know? And it's like, I hope that it doesn't 
become a thing where, you know, he gets too enamored with it uh, because then you just, you know, you get a little bit reckless and you put yourself in, you know, bad spots. But so far, man, he's making great decisions about the physicality. But, I mean, I had no real real issue with Hayden tonight. Did you? No, I loved him. I loved his game tonight. Uh, (laughs) I really did. I thought, uh, like – I'm ready for Rod to trust him just a little bit more. I know Rod is reluctant, <laughs> reluctantly trusting him, uh, but he was uh, fourth or fifth in ice time uh, among defensemen tonight. But I, in for my money, he was the third best guy on the blue line behind uh, Slavin and Hamilton. Uh, Brady Shea, I thought, struggled a little, a little bit tonight. Maybe just early he struggled. I think he was good late. Uh, Votnin was okay. Uh, I don't think yeah. Votnin was noticeable. But then again, as a defenseman, maybe you don't want to be noticeable. Uh, and I thought right. Van Riemsdyk, who didn't play a ton, I thought Trevor was pretty good except on the Marchand goal uh, where Trevor was just kind of standing there. I'm like, come on, see number 63 next to you? You're, you've, yeah. got, you've got nine inches on him. Get your stick yeah. in his chest and move him off the spot. But uh, that, that, that I, I have sort of I have sort of mixed feelings on that. I mean, here's the thing: it, when you post up there, it's because you don't want to give up that goal. Like you're you're down there, positioned there, trying to box Marchand out for a reason, right? Right. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, you went there. Now you gotta you gotta like. What, you know, if you're not going to do anything about it, you might as well not be there at all. Finish but you the went job. there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're. It was the old. It was the old there, but not there. Yep. Type thing that Rod likes to talk about. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, I mean, he was kind of doing what he was supposed to do, and then the puck gets thrown off the post, and it's a tough play to make. I mean, he's got to turn around, you know, and 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 swat at Marchand at least with the with the stick if he can. Um, I mean, he can't just turn his back to the play, you know, otherwise he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a, I thought it was kind of a tough situation, but at the same time, it's like the reason you're there is to, is to prevent that goal. Right. So what are we doing here? So that, that, that was the only thing. And, and I, I got into it with hurricanes fans who were just bitching about referees tonight. And I get it. Referees were not good. Uh, and it got worse when they waved off the Teravine in goal, uh, in the uh, in the third period, um, but yeah, I mean, look, it was a terrible call. Teravinen didn't do anything to to warrant the interference call, uh, and right. it uh, ends up being a Boston goal. I'm like, we can bitch all we want about the bad call, but uh, it's kind of a mental lapse that, in my opinion, that leads to the goal. So let's not let's not get lost in what why the goal was scored. Uh, all right, one more one more thing before we let Alan Campbell go. And by the way, uh, I am just about through with this uh, uh, deep blue saison from Gizmo. Ooh, very good. A little blueberry ale. Um, so uh, very nice, very good on a warm a warm summer evening when there are cicadas uh, singing and hummingbirds <laughs> invading my uh, my screened in porch, Alec. All right, so I saw you having a conversation on Twitter. Let's just uh, let's do this for a couple of minutes and then we'll say goodbye. Um, there is no home ice advantage in these playoffs because a nobody's on home ice now because Toronto and Edmonton have left the bubble. Uh, there are no fans in the stands uh, at. at but the last change does matter uh, mm-hmm. to get to get those matchups 
that are favorable, more favorable to your side. So I, I don't know. Does Carolina have an advantage because they get last change now? I mean, I think they do um, because you have an easier time of dictating the matchups. And I think that matters. I think that's, that's a tangible thing that we can look at. And whereas, you know, I, th- I, th- I think the conversation you're refer- referring to is the one between me and Jay. Yes. Kum- Kumar, Jay, which, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't even see if he, uh, if he uh, responded back to me on that. But, um, but to me, like it, it, it just, it's hard for me to take something that is intangible and non-quantifiable and make it more important than something that I think is tangible. Um, and I think that we, in general, like, I hate saying this because it's just, I don't, I, don't, I feel like a wet blanket on everyone's fun, but say it, whatever, like say it, I, I, I I just don't think the fans matter that much. <laughs> I just, I just don't like, I, I, I know we love to think of ourselves as having this great impact on the game and stuff, but I, I, and I, and I do think that they, it creates a good atmosphere and it's fun to be in there. Um, and I think that, you know, when the players are walking from the dressing room to the ice, to the rink and all that, and they, go through all the pageantry and, and everything like that, that they do get, you know, some butterflies, they do get jacked up, but how much does that actually like lead to good play? I mean, I don't think you get any better at hockey because you're more excited to play or more jacked up, um, you know? And so, and then once they get to playing, we hear from players all the time. They block stuff out. They don't see things. They don't listen. They don't hear things. Aho said so, that to me after game one. He says, yeah, I, I, I asked him, he says, you know, once the game starts, I don't really notice anything. Yeah, I mean, and, and half the time you ask him about a goal and what happened, and they say, I can't remember. <laughs> That's certainly with Aho. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so I mean, like, I just, like, it's, it's, it's a fun part of it. The fact that, you know, when we when we go to the arena and we're in there, and it's a, it's a fun atmosphere and it's loud and all that stuff. But in the end, I just don't believe that it has any impact on the game. Right, and if it does, if it does, it's fleeting and it's minimal at best. The the last change definitely matters. There is no question about that, that being able to set your matchups, whether it's being able to get your uh, the defensive pairing you want out there or a, uh, uh, you know, a center to take a face off, all that stuff obviously does matter. Um, but I think in a bigger picture, in a, uh, in a series as opposed to a regular season game, like had the... Hurricanes-Washington series been played in this environment last year. Mm -hmm. I don't think Carolina comes back to win in seven. I think the momentum they gained and the energy they gained from winning game three at home and just blowing Washington's doors off um, with emotion. I think that actually got them into the series. Uh, and I don't think that is possible in a bubble environment. Now, that doesn't mean that the Canes wouldn't have done it, but I, but I, I do think that it mattered 
in that particular series last year. I think in a bigger picture, in a series. That's why I thought, I thought if this were a normal year, losing two games in Boston and then coming back to Carolina, I thought Carolina was still in good shape. I did not believe that if they were not going to be able to win tonight. Because there was, there was, there was nothing to draw on to get, that, to get momentum back on your side if you didn't win one of the first two games. Like, I've, I've always thought this was going to be a long series between these two teams. I think Boston's great. I think Carolina's better than they were a year ago, and I think Carolina can do some things uh, to bother Boston if they get better goaltending. And by the way, Tuka Rask has been just good. Not great. He's just been okay. Um, mm-hmm. So Carolina's gotten better goaltending both games. Uh, so they're one and one. Um, but I... Just that's the way I look at the the home ice. I agree to a certain extent that the fans ultimately don't matter uh, because it is it, it, there's no measurable way. But maybe it matters to the officials. Maybe the officials wouldn't suck well, so bad if no. uh, if it was on Hurricanes ice. See, I, I I think that that is. I think that if if there's an advantage, it's that it's that in the subconscious of the referees. I think that they are more apt to try to appease the home crowd, whether they know they are or, they, or they're not. Like, I don't think referees set out to do that, but I think in the subconscious, uh, there is something to that, the psychology of it all, that they don't want to get booed out of a stadium, essentially. Um, and so they tend to give you calls, but then we're talking about getting calls. And to me, that is tangible. But in terms of like, you know, passing along some energy <laughs> to the players and that somehow improving their skill. Nah, I ain't, I ain't like buying that. Shot. Yeah. Like I ain't, <laughs> I ain't buying that. And I would argue that like the thing that gives you momentum is scoring goals. I mean, <laughs> you go out there and you score a goal then you're going to be pretty jacked up. Oh, crap, we're back in this game. Um, yeah, I think you, so can get, I, you can get momentum off a big hit. Yeah, but it's fleeting. It is. It is, but you can, like, you can at least change the, uh, change the mood on the bench. But, but I, don't, I, don't think you, I don't think you need the crowd for that. Like, I think you get the momentum off the big hit whether there's a crowd or not. Like, I think, well, tr- once, tr- I think in the bubble, in the bubble, the scenario, the, the, these players, when they get in there, the the skill and the instincts and the competitive drive takes over as much as anywhere at any time in any building in any atmosphere. Uh, best part about the uh, the Hurricanes winning tonight, other than the win, of course, is that it probably saved Rod Brindamore twenty five thousand dollars. Yes, and good on him for just completely avoiding the question after afterwards. <laughs> Although it would have been great fodder for conversation for us. And, you know, we, we root for the story. All right, Alec Campbell. Uh, at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Maestro, uh, my friend. We'll do this again on Saturday after the Hurricanes take a 2-1 series lead, all right? Can't wait. I'll probably be, we'll do, I'll do it probably on the way to the golf course or something. Are you playing after the game? I mean, maybe. Why not? Uh, what if, what if you can't make a tee time? What if it goes overtime? What if it goes four overtimes? 
Oh, no, I'll be, I'll be a, uh, no, I'll be a single. They'll take my money. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll show up and I'll say, Hey, I'm, I'm a single, put me in a group. They won't turn me down. No, they will not. They absolutely yeah. will not. Uh, yeah. all right, Alec, thank you so much, man. Uh, appreciate your time as always. And we'll talk again. Hurricanes win it three, two, one, one in the series. James Reimer, 33 saves. Uh, we are the morning after podcast. Give us a rating. Well, first of all, <clears throat> let's do that whole thing over. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? We talked about a lot of things. We didn't spend a ton of time on officiating. You know why? Because the Hurricanes won the game because they were the better team. Let's not let's not dwell on bad officiating. We all know it was bad. 3-2 was the final. The goal scorers. I mentioned this before. Game one goal scorers for the Hurricanes. Edmondson, McGinn, Flurry. Game two goal scorers for the Hurricanes. Teravinen, Svechnikov, Hamilton. It matters. It matters. When the singers and dancers sing and dance, the show is better, right? There you go. Uh, 3-2 the final, 1-1 in the series. James Reimer, 33 saves in net. The Morning After Podcast is there for you. All you got to do is subscribe to it. It shows up on your phone or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Give us five stars. Not because if you don't, it means something untoward. Give us five stars because it's worth five stars for crying out loud. Uh, and I know you guys have uh, jumped on, you know, back on board and you're enjoying it. Good. Uh, hurricane talk is always fun to do and provide. Uh, even the game, we didn't have a game. The day we didn't have a game, uh, there were a bunch of people listening. So uh, thank you very much for doing that. And it's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for everything for the exterior of your home. Aluminumcompany.com. 3-2 final. Canes win game two, even the series. We will see you Saturday after game three. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.